For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, welcome back to another 49ers Rush Podcast. So excited to be with you. This is one of my favorite times of the year. A lot of people like Christmas and birthdays and summer break. No way. Draft season, draft season, draft season, all day, every day. Absolutely love this this time of year. So we've got an awesome episode for you today. We are going to be breaking down two of the most mocked players to the 49ers at a major position of need, cornerback. But before we do that, just want to do a, take care of a little business. Thank you so much for listening. The downloads and plays are just, every episode goes up by about 500, and I really do appreciate all the support. It's been an absolute blast. But if you don't follow me on Twitter, go do that, because that's where I post the custom videos and things that I do to break down, just so you can see what I'm talking about on here. Now, it's been a little while since my last episode, a few weeks, and the main reason for that is draft season is huge for me, and I wanted to make sure I got a good picture before I got to talk about the different positions. So, I finally finished my 101 draft profiles, the 101 top draft picks uh, in the NFL draft. And what's happened is, if you haven't listened before, that's okay. I'm a former high school football coach out of Dallas-Fort Worth and coached for a long time and absolutely love this, but some family changes. Kind of had to get out of coaching football. It was an absolute blast and it was fun playing and all the major stadiums and on TV, and I absolutely loved it. But I have channeled all of that into breaking down 49ers and NFL draft coverage and all this different stuff, and I'm very excited to be flying out to the draft. Going to be covering that and bringing you guys hopefully some interviews. But what I do is I break down at least three full game films minimum for every single draft prospect. And the top ones, uh, usually six to seven, if not more. If you're in my top 20, I've watched every film that's ever been published of you that I could find. I am a film junkie and my wife hates it, but that's okay. Uh, I love her. If you're listening, love you, wife. Anyway, so this is not just me ranking after reading something. I do not read scouting reports until after. I have broken them down and written about a full-page write-up, player comparisons. I cut up my own film to illustrate these points. So I'm a little proud in the amount of work that I put in. And I hope you disagree with me. I'm not trying to get people to agree with me or whatever. This is what I see. And I do grade film almost as a coach. Like, is this a guy I would want on my team? Here's why. Here's why not. This is what they excel at. This is what they're bad at. So as we go forward, just understand, completely disagree with me. That is fine. 
but I put my time in and this is my evaluation. You're not going to hear words and stuff that you've seen copy and pasted everywhere else. These are my own evaluations. And the big reason why I'm doing this is for another website that is awesome. I've got a lot of stuff going on right now, which is great. Fullpresscoverage.com, a relatively new site that has picked up major steam and is absolutely amazing. We are doing a full mega mock draft through three rounds. Each team has their own editor that runs their site page for that team, for the Bears, for the Saints, so on and so forth. And they are going off of all of my draft breakdown that I did. And we are going to be two teams picking each day. And we're going to have conference calls where we break down this is who they need as far as team needs. And all of these things go. And it's going to be great. So stay tuned for that for the next uh, month all the way leading up to draft. We're going to be putting out a lot of stuff every single day. So that's, again, that's fullpresscoverage.com. So check them out. Also, on top of that, if you're a fantasy football guy, um, absolutely love fantasy, and I write and contribute for EatSleepFantasy.com, which is an absolute blast. Love those guys over there. They're the funnest people in fantasy. So if you do anything with fantasy football, you got to jump over there because they're the funnest people around. It's just what they are. But I'm going to be creating some Dynasty articles and even doing a Dynasty podcast, some of the writers over there. So lots of stuff in the works, but... Let's get to 49ers, and if you're not a 49ers fan, that's okay. You could still learn a lot about two of the top cornerback prospects. So, 49ers news, here we go. Started off the week great at the Combine. We have the coin flip, Rod Woodson, one of the all-time greats who played for the Raiders and the 49ers. He did the coin flip. He hosted the coin flip, and of course we won. We were undefeated with Jimmy Garoppolo, and we got the ninth overall pick. The Raiders get the 10th. Now, what's important about this is, one, we get a pick earlier. But is it that big of a deal? Well, kind of. On the traditional draft pick trade value chart that Jimmy Johnson created a long time ago, it's equivalent to 50 points, which equals the number 122 pick overall or a middle fourth rounder, which is awesome. So we know we're picking ninth. That makes it fun. So you can go in and kind of figure out mock drafts and all that stuff a little bit better now. But news is going crazy. For some reason, the Jacksonville Jaguars decided not to franchise tag Allen Robinson. Now, he is one of my favorite draft crushes from several years ago. I had a late first round grade on him. He ended up going in the second round out of Penn State. He is just a football player, and he's very, very, he's tall, he's athletic, and he is a touchdown machine. He is one of only three players in the history of the NFL to put up over 1,400 yards receiving before their 22nd birthday. And what people don't understand is this kid's so young, he is the same age as Calvin Ridley is who's coming out of the draft this year. So you just got to understand, like he's on his second contract, and I would love for the 49ers to get him. I think if it's a long-term deal over three years, which I wouldn't want to do, but if they did that, you're looking at $12.5 million per year, and we can front load that. So if we do uh, like a three-year, $36 million year, I'm doing this off the top of my head, so if my math doesn't work, you could pay him $14 million first year, 12 second year, 10 third year. That way you're freeing up your space because we have so much cap room. Or you could do a prove-it deal, very similar to what Alshon Jeffrey did last year with the Eagles, where you do a one-year $14 million. It's just, hey, let's see what happens. Make sure your knee's good, which I'm not too worried about. I've watched some of his workout videos that he's been posting. He looks good. He's jumping. He's running. um, He's looking decent. So 
The other one is Sammy Watkins, which some people are happy about. Not excited about Sammy Watkins. The talent is there, but you got to stay on the field and you got to produce. Uh, you could get him a little bit cheaper, but again, the 49ers shouldn't be too worried about cap space at these prime positions of need. Uh, wide receiver is a huge position of need, but the number one and what we're going to focus the rest of our podcast on is cornerback. Um, rumors came out today that the 49ers and Broncos were in talks to trade for a keep to leave, but they fell through, and I'm very thankful for that. I really don't want a cornerback that has shot himself in the leg out of a drunken stupor in the middle of a park in Dallas. But um, he's a quality player, no doubt about it, but it didn't work out. So cornerback is such a huge need for us. Akilo Witherspoon, much to to my... Yeah, I, I wasn't the big Akilo Witherspoon fan, and the big reason why his coverage skills were awesome. I love his length. I love all of his measurables. I love his attitude. The only thing I didn't like is he was against tackling football players, but he improved steadily throughout the season, and he's going to be a starter for us hands down, and I'm excited about his future, and I'm an Akilo Witherspoon fan now. I hope that he does continue to get more physical, but all that being said, we've got to get another corner. If you watch the games, oh my gosh, we just got destroyed with our cornerbacks. So what are we looking at here? Picking number nine, there's going to be two studs there that, again, if you look through the mocks, it's kind of what's going on. And those two guys are absolutely amazing, and I, I'm pretty excited. Number one is Denzel Ward. He is the cornerback out of Ohio State. And number two is Joshua Jackson. So the rest of this episode is going to be how I scout and grade cornerbacks and breaking down these two players. And because, again, if, if I was the GM, cornerback is the third most valuable position for me. Number one is quarterback. Number two is an edge rusher, which we are deficient at. And number three is a cornerback. And so this is four is left tackle slash right tackle, but we're solid there. Joe Staley, Trent Brown. Oh, my gosh, I love those two guys. But anyway, let's jump back to corners. On average, the past three years, five cornerbacks go in the first round, five go in the second round, and six go in the third round, which we have picks aplenty. But I'm just trying to focus on if we go cornerback with that very first pick, that ninth pick, or we trade out whatever in the first round, this is what I'm looking for. So there are six key points whenever I'm grading film for a cornerback. Number one is fluid hips. This is an absolute must. If you cannot switch direction, plant and go, and maintain your speed, or and keep separation tight, right? So a bad cornerback is anytime the receiver makes a move, he gains separation. A great cornerback maintains that close or what's called in phase. An in phase cornerback is somebody that can reach down and touch the wide receiver's hip. If you can touch the wide receiver's hip, you are in phase. And think about whenever you're watching football and they always throw that pass interference penalty because the cornerback never looked back to make a play at the ball. Well, there's a reason why they do that. We are taught from a very young age that if you are a cornerback and you are out of phase, meaning you reach out and he is too far away from you, the wide receiver, to touch his hip, you have to close ground, do not look back at the ball until you are in phase, then turn around and make, make the play. We see the camera angle and like, oh, the ball's coming. Why didn't he turn around? Well, obviously he can't see that. And if you've never been in that position of playing corner, it is 
you have to stay in phase. I wasn't a great football player, <laughs> so I was out of phase consistently. But anyway, that's another point. So having said that, fluid hips is huge. Now, another way that you stay in phase where you could constantly, there's no separation, is keeping your footwork inside of your frame, meaning under your shoulders. This is where the back pedal transition, if you watch the combine drills, they're not seeing how fast they can turn their hips, even though that's part of it. They're seeing if the if the cornerback has to plant outside of his frame to change his direction with what's usually called a T-step, where you're backpedaling and your toes are facing forward. A T-step is where you turn and plant your feet sideways and open up your hips and go. But if you can do that underneath your frame, then double moves do not get you nearly as well because you are always in phase and your balance is good to where your power is on top of you. And once your feet get outside, you usually have to do a second or third makeup step if there is that second mood. So it's called a stick route by a wide receiver where I run straight at the cornerback. And as soon as I get close enough to touch him, that's where I dip my shoulders and do my little juke move and break inside or outside. So if the cornerback can keep his feet within his frame, what happens is that negates that stick move or that juke move, and it allows the cornerback to stay exactly where it is. This is huge, and one of the hardest things to watch on film, because let's say I'm watching a game film of Denzel Ward. You have to rewind and watch each play three to four times, because unless you have all 22s film, which is very difficult to get for college players. I have it for NFL, but anyway, unless you have that, you have to constantly go back and watch and see where the deficiencies are in the footwork. Does the right foot plant as well as the left foot? Which one is slower? Is he faster on the breaking his his back pedal off and approaching the line of scrimmage? So on and so forth. So that's number two. Number three is ball skills. Does the defender get his hand on the ball? Interceptions are obviously paramount, but pass deflections are huge. And so that's one thing that we're going to look at. Number four, scheme fit. It used to just be man, and it used to be zone. Well, now we have hybrid defense, which the 49ers run, which is a press man with zone concepts. So, um... Man is not very simple anymore either. There's so many different things. There's press man, which we see where the cornerback literally gets as close to the receiver as he can, and he presses him. He gets his hands on him, offhand jam, and all those things. Xavier Rhodes is one of the best at this. There's bell technique, which is where you line up, up on the ball, and you're just like you're going to press them, but as soon as the snap of the ball, you bell out and gain separation. So it looks the same at the snap. But as soon as the ball is snapped, you bail out. You're not trying to make physical contact with them. There is off man where you start five yards off and just start backpedaling so on and so forth. This is what Sherman kind of became famous for. And then there's mirror and match. Um, the most common one that I can think of off the top of my head is Tredavious White, who is runner-up for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, he was LSU cornerback. He went and played for Buffalo Bills. It was absolutely amazing. He's probably most famous for the Gronk play where Gronk dove on the back of his head and gave him a concussion. Uh, that was that was Stradavius White, who's an absolute corner, who I had ranked as my number 12 prospect last year. I love that kid's film. But anyway, all that being said. So those are the different mans. Then we have zone, which the boundary kind of shuffle corner, which 
um, Asante Samuel's probably one of the greatest examples I could think of this. He doesn't line up and backpedal. Rather, he opens up his hips to where he is looking at the corner quarterback, and he shuffles, which helps him plant and make break, uh, plays on the ball. That's why he had so many interceptions. Um, and then there's kind of the, again, like I said, the hybrid, where you're playing press and you are up jamming, but you're not responsible for the inside part of the field. So if the receiver breaks across your face, you pass them off to one of your linebackers. This is what the 49ers do with their zone cover three. Um, or you could change it to where you press, but even if he breaks inside, you only have 18 to 20 yards deep. Sometimes it's 13 yards deep. You change it based on game situation, so on and so forth. So that's number four. Number five, physicality in the run game. Very self-explanatory. Are, are you a flag football player, which some corners are, or are you ready to go hit somebody? And number six, what separates you? What is special about you? So as I go through and talk about these two guys, keep these things in mind. And I'll jump back and forth and kind of say, oh, well, this is who this guy is. This guy wins here, so on and so forth. So let's go through some background and some measurements on each one of these. Now, Understand, I have these two players, Denzel Ward and Josh ja uh, Jackson from Iowa, rated number six and seven overall on my big board. They're the number one and two corners, and it's not close. Uh, Mike Hughes is number three, but there's a gap there. Um, I, I think that, uh, sorry, Mike Hughes is my number three. There's a gap there. I have him rated in the middle of the first round. But anyway, Right off the bat, Denzel Ward is my number one. And again, I switched these guys twice. At the conclusion of the combine, I had Josh Jackson first, but I flipped him. And the main reason why I did that is Josh Jackson came in short. Um, he is listed at 6'1", and some thought he'd be closer to 6'2". He came in at six foot and 3'8", whereas Denzel Ward out of Ohio State, 5'10", 7'8". So you literally have an inch and a half difference and I thought it was going to be two to three inch difference there and it wasn't so back to Denzel Ward he's an absolute technician some of the most fluid feet and hips that I've ever seen he stepped in to take the place for Marshawn Lattimore when Marshawn Lattimore went out of the draft last year absolutely balled out zero issues whatsoever and he plays very similar game mock draftable has Marshawn Lattimore as his closest comparison, um, he ran a 4-3-240. Oh my gosh, absolute just fly. He just flies. And what's even more impressive than that was his broad jump. His broad jump was just, he jumped 136 inches and is in the 98th percentile, which means basically Byron Jones is the only person that beat him. Um, just an absolute baller. Now, kind of the main thing with him, he wins in the first three seconds of the play because what he does is he is a cutoff defender. It doesn't matter where the wide receiver goes off of the line of scrimmage. Denzel Ward's not going to get his hands on you. You're just going to have to run through him to get to your route. So he disrupts all timing routes. So if you are one of those teams that runs like a seven-yard stop to the backside shoulder, uh, that doesn't work here because he's going to throw off your timing and what's going to happen, the quarterback will stop in his drop back, will look up, and he'll have to go to another read because the timing and anticipation are off. Because if Denzel's any great at anything, it is one, speed, and then two, his feet are never, 
outside of his frame. He is one of the best technicians as far as footwork and fluidity of hips that I have ever seen. I wish he was more physical uh, jamming the receiver, but it's just not what he does. He is a mirror and match corner, which I talked about earlier, and his feet are amazing. Now, what's crazy is he's small, but he's only 183 pounds, but he loves to tackle. He will fly, he does not hesitate at contact, and he will take on anybody. He loves to hit, and whenever there's crossing routes, which we won't expect him to do if the 49ers draft him, but if he goes to another team, crossing routes through traffic, no problem. He um, he can His closing speed is just, it's, it's great. So definitely an absolute baller. Um, his measurables, again, 5'10". Um, seven eights, 183 pounds, and a 74-inch wingspan, which is really interesting because him and Josh Jackson have the same length arms and all that stuff. For uh, his vertical is, again, man, this kid's such an athlete. 39. Now his stat, 39-inch vertical jump. Now his stats. This is where it gets kind of interesting. He only has two career interceptions, and they both took place in this final year, and only 37 tackles. And a lot of that had to do with he was on an island. So he had the entire <laughs> section, his third of the field, he had it all. And so he wasn't asked to do much in the run game, but the times he did step up were fine. But he did have 24 career pass deflections. So he's getting his hands on the ball. He's just not converting them for whatever reason. Now, a lot of this has to do with Ohio State. And if you remember, this was the exact same criticism of Marshawn Lattimore playing the exact same position with the exact same coaching staff last year. Why doesn't he have more interceptions? Well, then he goes to the NFL. Obviously, no problem with interceptions. It's a different scheme. It's different coaching. They value different things, so on and so forth. So that is Denzel Ward. Now let's break down Josh Jackson, who is a bigger corner. He's only an inch and a half taller, but he plays big. Um, he plays real big. So he's 196 pounds. So you're talking an extra 15 pounds on him at an inch and a half. And he was being considered as an NFL corner in his sophomore year. Uh, he almost came out last year. But the criticism was his ball skills are low and he doesn't have turnovers. He didn't have interceptions. So everybody was like, ah, he's never had a career interception. He needs to go back and prove to us. Well, What's he do? He goes back and leads the entire NCAA in interceptions. He posted eight interceptions and 18 pass deflections just last year alone, and two of those interceptions he took back to the house. Um, he is a ball-hawking safety, probably one of the greatest interceptions I have ever seen against Ohio State. He is backpedaling. It's very similar to kind of the Odell Beckham famous catch where he's running one way, pivots, jumps across his body, reaches one hand up, catches the ball one-handed, palms the ball, and kind of flips backwards onto his back. It was exceptional. Um, just and, and he's a gamer. He shows up big in big games. That is a big thing with Josh uh, Jackson, and he plays big. I was very disappointed with his measurements coming in under 6'1", but he just looks big and plays big. Um, so... What is it that he is great and or bad? He, he looks like a linebacker playing quarter. He's very well built, uh, very strong shoulders, wide shoulders, and he specializes in playing off-man coverage. He lets them have their space early, and then he completely covers them like a blanket. He has no problem getting deep. 
the deep third, he is designed to play in our system and is a much better fit than Denzel Ward. But I think that Denzel Ward's a better corner, if that makes sense. Just it's it's a better match. He doesn't jam a lot. There's not a lot of film with that. He just got to kind of do what he was great at, and that was off man coverage. So he'd line up, you know, five to six yards off, and he would read the route just a slow backpedal, then open up his hips and follow. And he gets his hands on the ball. He plays that deep ball, the lob ball, as well as anybody. Um, he he has a lot a lot of talent. He is physical. When coming up to tackle, the problem is he goes way too low. He's kind of one of those ankle tacklers, but he's not like a wrap-up guy. Like, he'll fly in there full speed. He's just going to kind of dive and take out the knees, which is kind of a bummer, and that's not really what you want. And so my comp for him was Xavier Rhodes, but without the jamming potential. So Xavier Rhodes is the best up-front jam uh, one of the best corners in the league. His measurables are very, very similar. His 40 time wasn't great. He ran a 4-4-9, unofficial, but once they redid it, came in at 4-5-6. Um, if that would have been in the 4-4 range because he's so big, man, I think I might. It, it's just such a coin flip between these two, between Josh Jackson and Denzel Ward. So anyway, that's where we're going to leave it off today. I could keep talking for hours on this, um, but it looks like the podcast is already starting to get a little long, and I don't want to just focus on two people. So what's going to happen is I'm going to keep going through. Um, I'm going to try to do more than once a week, but I'm going to keep going through different position groups that are needs for 49ers and break down those first-round options. Um, obviously, we have edge the edge defenders and we have linebacker thanks to Ruben Foster's off the field mistakes and wide receiver and guard. Those are kind of some main players where it matches our position value where we are drafting and I'm going to be breaking down those options there. Again, if you haven't already, go give us a follow on Twitter, JL underscore Chapman. Really appreciate you guys and stay strong, faithful. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.